Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Carla. I hope everybody's doing well as we begin to roll out school this month of February. Things are getting in the swing of things, and we are, of course, super happy to be continuing to roll out these episodes of the podcast from the Career Development Center. And today, we are thrilled to have Jill Yapsuga on our podcast this Tuesday. Jill graduated with a bachelor's in TV film back in 2007. Um, Today, she is a wonderful content developer and social media specialist at Lehigh Carbon Community College. And in this episode, you're going to hear Jill talk about her early career as a video producer, um, working for DeSales as an adjunct professor, and assessing if a company is the right fit for you. We really do look at her journey as a growth period in some of her uh, seasons of looking for another job. And she shares meaningful insights on transitioning jobs, pursuing a master's degree, and networking to find those job opportunities. So without further ado, I present to you Jill, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Beyond the Tassel podcast. Hi, Jill. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yep. Well, yeah. So Jill, um, I want to, I want to start out, uh, like I start out most of our episodes here at beyond the tassel and, and that is to get to know your DeSales experience and kind of your college journey at DeSales. So we can start right there, Jill. And uh, I would love to, to know you, you graduated in film and I want to know what drove you to major in film, um, kind of a little bit of a, the background story uh, as to why you started that major. Sure. Uh, I So first off, I was a transfer. Um, okay. So fellow transfer students can certainly <laughs> relate to that experience of coming in as a junior and not really knowing anyone. Um and then getting to know other transfers and making Mm. friends in my major. I chose film, you know, when I first started college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, And when I started at community college, I thought I wanted to be a criminal justice major because I loved um, like shows, all these like true crime shows that Mm -hmm. were happening and all that stuff. And um took a class and was bored out of my mind. So I realized this (laughs) is not for me, Uh, but I've always liked movies and like the idea of being creative and thought maybe I should do that. Mm -hmm. And so took classes at community college, made that determination. And then looking at programs in the area determined that to sales, what had 
a great program Mm -hmm. um, that allowed me to use equipment from day one, uh, which really appealed to me. Uh, And then also my dad was working in the higher education system. And so there Mm -hmm. was also um, uh, basically tuition reimbursement um, for going to DeSale. So that really was what made me... um, all those things combined along with that. It was close to home, you know, I'm a Lehigh Valley native, um, born and raised Uh in the Lehigh Valley. And so, um, deciding to go there, uh, just everything kind of came together for me to major, um, in that. And I'm really glad that I did because I did get to learn all the equipment and all the different Mm -hmm. pieces of film, um, and video production, uh, really from day one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's so interesting. I didn't know that you had been transferred, but did you transfer because you wanted to, what was the reason to transfer? You started at community college with Mm -hmm. that intention to transfer? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. so uh, instead of just kind of going to a four-year and trying to figure it out um, as I went, I thought, Mm -hmm. let me go to community college for two years and use that as my chance to really figure out what I want to do, get a lot of my gen eds done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. I ended up getting my associates, but then, you know, I really wanted my bachelor's degree. And so transferred, yeah. uh, transferred in. Yeah, of course. And I know that that's a great option for some students and I, a lot of students do it. I think that one thing that I like about the sales that because some people don't like that transition, right? There are some students who just want to have that full four-year college experience. And I think that I that I like about the sales is that they have their exploratories um, uh, program that pretty much is what you what you did. You kind of evaluate um, all of your options and see what works for you. But I, I digress. Yeah. I would love to know. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I would love to know uh, what what were some of the things that you were involved in at the sales? Were you part of any clubs or um, tell us about type, what were some of your favorite projects for film that you did and what uh, what came out of it? Uh, so I find this always pretty uh, funny to me now, and mm-hmm. perhaps maybe some of my uh, students. So getting a little ahead, but I'm also an adjunct um, at the sales, and so. Some people who are listening may have had me in class, and so they may uh, find this hard to believe, but I am actually very introverted, um, exceptionally introverted, and Mm -hmm. so I did not part. I didn't get as involved as I wish I had. It's a regret that I have um, because I wish I had gotten more involved with things on campus and all the different events and things that were going on and clubs and all sorts of really great fun things, um, and ways to meet people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did get to know all of the people that were in the film program because it was a pretty small program. Um, and so the projects that we worked on, those were just always a blast because Mm -hmm. you were, you know, you were working together, you know, sometimes to like 1am on the weekend trying to, you know, film this short that your (laughs) friend wrote and, or, and, or you're just kind of improvising it as you go. Um, and you're getting to try out all these different techniques and just kind of, uh, using what you learned in class, but flying kind of by the seat of your pants in terms of, okay, we know how to use this stuff, but what story are we going to tell? And coming up with that with your friends, uh, Mm -hmm. is just, 
it's really special and, and was definitely really fun. Sure. Can I ask you, um, for any film major listening, uh, the idea of like storytelling and coming up with these ideas and kind of that creative process, what are things that you used to do at the sales that maybe you still even keep practicing just so that this, that students in film know, like, these are important stuff that you're learning. I think, um, the, some of the planning and writing is certainly something that I still do, uh, Mm -hmm. professionally. Um, but just, I think just allowing myself and, and that would be my advice for any, any film majors is to allow yourself to make mistakes and be creative. Um, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes there's this thought of, I have to be perfect or I have to be, you know, the next, uh, Spielberg or, you know, um, (laughs) Uh, you know, big filmmaker and Uh having that pressure put, putting that pressure on yourself limits your creativity. It's much more freeing to say, you know what, I'm just going to make this thing that I want to make, whether it's weird or really out there. um, You're learning the skills Mm -hmm. and this is your chance to really express yourself in, in a way that you may not be able to once you graduate because of different constraints put on you by whatever position that you're in. Whereas in college, Hey, be creative, right. Let it go. So that would be the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, that's great advice to hear uh, in general, but specifically for performers and and people who are in that creative realm realm, because um, yeah, it's all your work and you have like this freedom to create uh, what you'd like and yeah definitely encourage people to get outside their box uh, is super super helpful so I appreciate you saying that it's good it's good advice I I'm trying to think back to being 22 uh, when I graduated I'm 35 now so it's been it's been a minute um, so I'm trying to think back to what I was thinking at that time <laughs> um, but I know I I just was hoping that I could find something related to video production I mean that was the goal but I knew okay. I didn't want to do news because a lot of people go into news and news is great but news is news is different in terms of deadlines and that it's live. And to me, that always seemed like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I can mm-hmm. handle that. So I was just kind of looking. Um, just at that point in time, there were a couple industry specific uh, job boards online that I was uh, looking at, and just kind of trying to apply to things that I found, I knew I wanted to stay local. I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had friends who moved immediately to New York and got jobs. Um, a couple people moved out to LA, but for me that, you know, I'm not a city person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, introvert. So I was looking locally. Um, and my senior year, uh, of college, I interned, um, with the production department, so to speak, at that time for Via Media, okay. which is a cable ad, cable ad sales company um, in Bethlehem. Um, so basically, any local commercial you see, that it gets placed on RCN, Service Electric, you know, whatever your cable subscriber that you have, um, it gets placed there 
by companies like Via Media. And so they had mm-hmm. a production department that was creating these commercials. Um, so I interned with them my senior year and I just kind of kept in touch with them at the time. Mm-hmm. All through college, I worked as a receptionist at a real estate company. Okay. And, you know, the summer after I graduated, I was thinking like, I don't know what, if I don't find something, what am I going to do? Maybe I should get my real estate license. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing that. And then at the same time, I was keeping in touch with people from Via Media. And in September or August or September of that year, right after I graduated, one of them reached out to me and said, you know, we're thinking we're going to have an opening soon. Is this something that you'd be interested in? Um, would you be interested basically in being a producer, a video producer for us? And of course I was like, oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. So um, started the interview process and then got hired by them in October of, of 2007. So mm-hmm. really it was networking, yeah. keeping in touch with people, making sure that they were aware, hey, I'm looking. Um, and it just happened to, to work out that way. Yeah, that's so great. And you spent then the next seven years, if I'm not mistaken, with them. What are some of the things that you did? And and if, you know, think about thinking about anyone listening who might be interested in maybe doing an internship with Via Media or uh, thinking about that role specifically in video production, can you immerse us a little bit about on, on that role and things that you did and just so that we are informed? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize, certainly people who aren't in video production, um, I think their thought is you do people do movies and TV shows and mm-hmm. you know maybe YouTube stuff now, um, which wasn't really big, um, you know, when I was uh, starting out. Um, there's a whole other, and that stuff's true. I mean, people get jobs in those, um, but there's also video production on every level. So for me, it was, uh, meeting with local businesses who needed a commercial because it was part of marketing, Mm -hmm. um, and determining, okay, well, what, what do you want to get across? Let me come up with a script. I'll concept it. Okay. And then, you know, I'll figure out what needs to be uh, involved. So whether that's getting talent, um, so hiring actors, choosing the voiceover or the music, all that kind of stuff, I would handle all of that. And then I would direct the video shoot. And then our editors, our incredible editors, um, would film it and they would edit. So everyone kind of wore multiple hats, which was, uh, a really great experience in terms of learning, learning all these different, um, aspects of production that I hadn't really considered, um, previously. So it was just, it was, it was really getting your feet wet in production from the get go, um, Mm -hmm. and really didn't let up for seven years. So it was a really great experience. I worked with a tremendous crew, uh, of really talented people and got to do, I mean, li- literally hundreds of production pieces because wow. they're 30 second commercials. So, you know, I would, we would do like 20 a month mm-hmm. and, you know, over seven years, that's a lot. So sure. it was probably the best hands-on experience I could have asked for. And yeah. it just was on a more localized level than I think. Um, again, sometimes people, I don't think realize 
there's a whole lot of video production that's going on all around you. Same with theater. You know, people yeah. think, think, oh, you got to go to a big city or something. But there's local theaters that are putting out really great work um, on a regular basis, and they all need people to make it run. Right, of course. I mean, there's opportunities locally and everywhere, and it's up to us to decide what is the be- the better fit for us. Um, yeah, so so when you that this is this is so informational for us to know like there are opportunities in the valley that we can take um and specifically in film i had no idea i looked up uh, via media and i realized it was local and i was like oh my gosh i had never heard of it um but when after seven years in 2015 you decided you made a big leap of faith to work at uh, another place so tell us about First of all, what made you want to kind of explore and where you ended up at and how how was that experience for you? Okay. So we're going to get into the real, real now. So <laughs> yes. That, so, uh, so yeah, so I, uh, I didn't feel like there was room to grow um, okay. where I was at, at Via Media. And um, this is, and I, and I know one of your other uh one of the other alumni um, mentioned this, that the grass is not always greener. And that's mm-hmm. very true, mm-hmm. but I don't have any regrets. So mm-hmm. the, what happened was I didn't feel that there was room to grow. And so I started looking for a, another job and was also thinking, you know, like I had mentioned, born and raised in the Lehigh Valley. Right. Went to school, both community college and, you know, getting my bachelor's at DeSales. Lehigh Valley mm-hmm. worked Lehigh Valley. So I thought, you know, I love the Lehigh Valley, but I want to see what it's like elsewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, at that point I was, I think when I was looking, started looking, I was like 27, 28. And I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to move, why not have it be, you know, my late twenties, mm-hmm. single, no pets, like there's mm-hmm. no greater time to move than when you don't have ties in that sense. Um, you know, and, but I didn't want to move super far and I've always kind of liked Philly. So I started looking at jobs down in Philly and Mm -hmm. I actually met, um, this woman, I was at the hair, I was at my hair stylist, uh, and (laughs) this woman was there and I was talking to her about her son and she mentioned where he works. And I was like, that sounds like a really cool place. Um, and actually kind of linked up with him down in Philly. I went down to Philly for a weekend and linked up with him, found out kind of more about where he was working. That sounded like a cool place to, to work. And mm-hmm. so I, they had an opening that I thought sounded great. As production coordinator. I thought, oh, that sounds, you know awesome. Mm-hmm. Let me apply because I knew him. I think I kind of got, was able to get my foot in the door a little bit better, more easily. Sure. Um, went through a very grueling interview process Okay. there. They were known at the time in about 2015. It took me two years to find, a, uh, you know, to get to this kind of stage. So it took me two years of searching and applying and interviewing okay. places to find, to get to this stage. Um, and they were known as this kind of like cool, um, 
e-commerce company, so like e like online retailer, and they were known for being notoriously hard to get hired. So like I think at the time they were saying like it's it's easier to get into Yale than it is to get hired there. Ah. So there was kind of like this cachet with it where I was like, ooh, like ooh, <laughs> you get hired there. It must be I must be really awesome. Yeah. And I was so focused on that that I didn't really stop to think, is this the position that I actually want to be doing? Mm-hmm. So I moved down there. I got it. I moved down. Found a great apartment. Loved living down there. Four months in, I loved. I loved the job too. At the beginning, loved it. People I worked with were great. Four months in, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. It's like this is not what I want to be doing. This isn't. Mm-hmm. I don't feel cr- like I'm being able to be really creative. I'm just not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I would go into work and sometimes just go to the bathroom and cry and <laughs> just be like, have yeah. panic attacks and just be like, I don't, this is not, <laughs> my anxiety was through the roof. And so finally at six months in, I had already kind of had a like heart to heart with my dad on the phone at that point. Um, I was, so I was 30 at this point, just turned 30. And I called my dad and I said, you know, I'm, I'm miserable. Yeah. And it was like, let's stay, you know, his advice, you always, you know, depending on the relationship you have with your parents, everyone's relationships are different. Yeah. Um, but my relationship is such that, you know, I'll call my parents for advice. And uh, his advice was, you know, stay, stay for a year, just so, mm-hmm. you know, you have a year on your resume and then, you know, you find something else. Um, so six months in, basically they were like, yeah, this isn't working out. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and I and I totally agreed. I was like, I mean, it was I was crushed because I had always excelled at everything. Mm. And this was something I in my mind I was like I failed at this. Uh, um yeah, and yeah, yeah. I've always been told I've been great and you know like one employee of the year of the media the one year. You know like I just <laughs> with, you know all these things that I always felt like people could depend on me and I was known as being super competent. And then in this position, I did not feel that way at all. And so I suddenly found myself unemployed after six months of working there, um, was finishing up my master's at the time I had started my master's a year and a half prior. I was doing that online while I was uh, working full time. And so the last six months that I lived out my lease down in Philly was spent just kind of working on my master's and watching binge watching criminal minds, which is probably not a healthy (laughs) thing for a single woman living alone (laughs) to be watching. Um, But that's, uh, and then I moved home. I moved after my lease was up to save money. Mm-hmm. I moved back in with my parents at the age of 30 after having lived on my own for six years. Um, so that was a very, that job was a huge catalyst um, and shifted my perspective on a lot of different things in life. I don't think I would have had, the, those things wouldn't have happened had that not happened. So it, it, it worked out. And what, so what was the main reason why it wasn't a good fit for you? Was it the, the company culture, the, the amount of work that you were doing, the content being created? What was it, what was it that kind of didn't click with you? Um, there were a couple things. One was some communication issues, um, internally, uh, within the department. Um, one was, 
I do believe that there was a lack of training at the beginning. I kind of got just thrown in. Um, and the nature of that place was people moved fast. So you kind of either kept up or got left behind and I couldn't keep up. Um, additionally, the culture there was such that if you left, uh, at six, which was when we were done for the day, um, which I always did, mm-hmm. uh, you were kind of looked at like, eh, you're a little bit of a slacker if you're leaving. And one thing I was told when I, um, when I got fired, I mean, I'm not going to like, again, sugarcoat, I got fired, but uh, because I didn't do anything actually wrong, you know, I still got uh, unemployment, um, benefits, mm-hmm. um, Cause it was certainly one of those things where they were like, there's something you did wrong. It's just, this is not a good fit. So yeah, yeah. Um, you just kind of realize, like at the end of the time, however long your time is, I don't, I'm not going to look back and be like, I wish I worked more. It's not yeah. going to be something that I'm, that's going to be uh, heavy on my mind at the end. So mm-hmm. for me, it was more so I need something where I feel fulfilled, but that also allows me to have a fulfilling personal life. Yeah, um, outside of the workplace. So that was really, um, I think, the, the crux of of everything at that yeah. particular position. And the reason I asked is because I want people listening to understand and even just like as a things that you have to take into accountability when it comes to taking a certain position and looking like really digging into uh, yourself and what you want out of that. Like it, it's all different. I personally like see people who probably will be really fit in working like more because they're so passionate and that's like their life yeah. but for some of us are it's it's there has to be a balance yeah absolutely and that's something too that I think for people coming out of college they'll you're really hungry like you just you want to get course. you know you want to get the work you want to do the work you're so excited but of something course. to keep in mind if you are looking is to you know and and certainly the people in career services uh can give more pointed, um, suggestions, but is to take into consideration in the interview process, ask, you know, what is the work-life balance like, or how many mm-hmm. hours uh, a week are required to do this job effectively, mm-hmm. you know, to do this job really well, mm-hmm. what, what's, what's actually required of it? Because that's something that, you know, on the surface companies will say, well, these are our hours, mm-hmm. you know, it's 45 hours a week or whatever. Yeah. But realistically, they want you to work 60. Well, that's a very different, those are 15 extra hours there that yeah. aren't, are not, uh, those are in the fine print. So, you know, yeah. trying to get that from an employer from the start to realize, so that you can determine this is a company culture that works for me, or mm-hmm. it's a company culture that I'm not going to enjoy. Yeah. Um, that's a really big deal. Um, so when, when all of this transition happened once again, and you kind of were left in this like eye-opening experience of where am I headed? What, what am I looking for? You, you, you were pursuing your master's and I would love to speak with you a little bit about that, um, in itself. So a a lot of people want to pursue a master's, especially film majors. They want to have a little bit more of uh, the education in and build up their education in that sense, because it's also good for uh, certain jobs, but sometimes we don't know what we're getting into. So I would love to see your, I I would love for you to tell us your experience doing your master's and work. And then once, and then the differences between your undergrad in film and then your master's, your master's was in film as well, correct? 
It was actually an interactive media. Okay, so so, so what? So tell us a little bit. Yeah, so similar but different. So my master's, I got my master's from Quinnipiac uh, University up in Connecticut. Um, They had uh, this program that was available online. Okay. Which I wanted because I I was like, I can't afford to not work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of the programs I was looking at, the stipends were just so low that I was like, I can't afford at this point in my life to be living off of, you know, it was like $12,000 a year, you know, at like Mm -hmm. the age of, again, like late twenties. So already on my own supporting myself. Um, so that, that program appealed to me for that reason that it allowed me to, to do, to complete the master's while working full time. Mm -hmm. And the, the program sounded really interesting. So it was, uh, they had two tracks, a product video production track or a social media track. Um, and I took the uh, I took the production track because I thought, well, I've already kind of I have some of this, so let me kind of, um, you know, which is hilarious to me now because I now work in social media, and I'm like, I should have done that social media track. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gotten some more uh, yeah. info on on what I now do. Um, but it was a lot of you know learning coding. Um, so some backend web stuff. So it was kind of like a web development degree to a degree in turn. And then in addition, there was mix of that with graphic design and just best practices in terms of marketing. So it was a really great, uh, program. It was hard to get used to not having a life, um, to a degree because you're going, you're working full time and then you go home and then you're, you're doing your schoolwork. Um, okay. I took two, I took two classes at a time year round so that I could still finish that master's in two years. Okay. Um, so, you know, you're just constantly in a class basically mm-hmm. all year round in the summer. Um, but it was really beneficial. I wanted to do it also, I will say for product people in production and who want to go into film, uh, I did it because I want to teach. I wanted, I thought, you know, at some point in my life, I think I want to teach uh, college and to do so you really, you have to have at least a master's, ideally an MFA or a doctorate. And if Mm -hmm. I was going to do it all over again, I probably would have gone for an MFA because it's a terminal degree for the arts. Mm, Um, Okay. So that's that's also a little piece of advice that I would give for creatives who are looking to maybe teach and say, you know, I need to get a higher, um, a terminal degree in order to to get that position. Mm. I wouldn't go for just a master's. I would, my suggestion would be to go for an MFA okay. because a lot of, in terms of tenure positions and things like that at different universities, you really need an MFA or a doctorate to be considered um, unless you have, you know, 30 years experience in the field. So, oh, okay. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a great program. And because of that, I was able to then, as I was unemployed in the yeah. fall of 2015, found myself newly unemployed, I was able to uh, get in at DeSales as an adjunct instructor because uh-huh. I this master's degree. So it all, yeah. again, all these things kind of converge and I was able to see, oh, do I really like, maybe let me try this teaching thing that I've been wanting to do for years. Um, This opportunity fell in my lap. I can't 
pass it up. And mm-hmm. so I was able to do that. And the only reason I was able to do that also was because I did not have a job because, you know, it's hard to teach at, you know, 10 a.m. Uh, on a, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday when you're working full time. Of course. And, and so how did your uh, opportunity to be an adjunct adjunct come about? Now, um, your adjunct uh, oh my gosh, I can't even pronounce the word. Adjunct. I know it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> um, that position was for uh, for English and so yes. for writing. And what was it? What was it like? Tell us about some of the things that you learned and stumbled upon just from being the student and now being the teacher. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, one of the threads um, that comes up, I think, for everyone. Uh, when you look back, uh, is is networking and yeah. just um, being honest with people. And so, a lot of my friends uh, are connected to to sales in one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. Most of my friends currently are employees <laughs> of to sales. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, Dr. Sarah Nitro, uh, who's a friend of mine, uh, at the time I was talking to her, and she was said, oh, you know, I think we may have some, you know, there may be some openings in humanities for the fall. Um, because not that people know it's not general knowledge unless you're in higher ed, mm-hmm. but usually um, adjunct instructors, because they're part-time, sometimes they will find a full-time job or, or get a full-time appointment right directly prior to the start of a semester. Mm. And so that's really what happened in my case was somebody left, somebody found something and Mm. left. And so about two weeks before the semester started, it was, Hey, wow. You know, you know, Sarah recommended you, um, from, you know, uh, from Julene Osborne McKnight was like, Hey, I hear this about you. Is this something (laughs) that you'd be willing to, to, to tackle. Um, and I jumped at the chance and that's one of those things where it was like, I haven't taught before, but I've certainly been writing for almost a decade professionally in different ways. Um, let me, you know, let me try this. And again, it's something I had always wanted to do and I found that I loved it. I just, I mean, I just, and that's why I still, I still do it (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to this day. Um, even though I can no longer really teach in person, I can do online mm-hmm. um, because now I have a new full-time job. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it, I, I love teaching. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And um, what, what has been one of your favorite uh, experiences about that um, like relationship between student to, to teacher uh there has to be something fulfilling about seeing somebody grow in each semester or just seeing like they started in, you know, with me and now they're working here or now they're here. Do you, can you share anything that you'd like truly find fulfilling about that, that part of your life? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love one. I, so I teach uh, 103 and 104, uh, which all freshmen uh, have to take. Okay. And so, I mean, they sometimes get placed out, but for the most part, everyone has to, uh, has to take it. Um, and so has to take both of those. So I love when I have a student in uh, English 103 and then they take me again in 104 and I get to see their writing progress. Mm-hmm. Um throughout those two semesters. And then 
it's just, uh, you know, it's always rewarding then to see students that I've had, even though I've had them when they were, were freshmen, for the most part, have them when they're freshmen. Um, you know, I certainly keep up with what's going on to sales. And so, you know, when I see students who uh, are either featured on that, the one wall, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, if I see them featured there or if they're speaking at graduation, oh, uh, yeah. seeing them, you know, throughout as they've, you know, really come into their own. And then as they're leaving and starting their first, uh, you know, getting their first job, um, out of college, that's just, it's just awesome to see, uh, you know, whether, whether they will ever remember having me freshman (laughs) year or not, I don't know, but I will remember them. And the work that they've put in is, is just always, uh, it's impressive to me. Yeah. And, and the students at DeSales are so nice. They really are. I mean, they're so respectful. They're so kind. And yeah. um, they're just always a pleasure, a pleasure to teach. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that you're not the first alumni that, that tells me that. I think it's true. I think it rings true for us as a community. Um, well, Jill, we're almost coming close to an end yeah. to uh, our episode. And I would love to. And we usually, uh, we have this signature question about um, things that you wish you knew uh, as if you were back in in college. And that is a way for you to kind of reflect, but also um, for us students to know we're in that position now. Maybe we can take that advice. Um, so my, my question to you is, what is something you wish you knew before starting your career journey um, as, a, as a producer, as a video producer? Oh, man, there's so many things. <laughs> if you can um, narrow it down to maybe two, two phrases or two things that you could tell yourself. Okay, okay. So I'll do two things and then I'll leave you, I'll leave you with the one thing that I always tell students. Okay. Um, the piece of advice I tell students. Uh, so uh, one is that with, the, with the, probably the biggest based off of my experience is that um, you're going, things don't ever work out the way you want them to. They just mm. don't. It's like rare maybe 0.1% of the time something in your life will happen the way you thought it would. Um, and that really goes for not just career, but personally, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine most people are like, this is what I envisioned for my life. And then it working out exactly the way you envisioned it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things won't work out the way you th- are thinking that they will. So therefore go into every experience with just an expectation that you're going to learn something. Mm, that's great. That lesson may be really hard. That lesson may actually suck. And in the <laughs> moment you're going to be like, this is awful. I yeah. hate this. I hate this. I hate this. But in the, and in the moment it's so hard to see, but just, you ha- kind of have to trust that there is something in there that you're going to get from it and you're going to learn and it's going to make you a better person. Um, whether that's professionally, personally, whatever it may be, but it's going to take time to get to that point. Cause like they say, mm-hmm. hindsight's 2020, they say it for a reason. It takes time. Um, so don't get discouraged when things don't go the way you were hoping that they would or thought that they would. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, 
you're off track. It just means that they're not going the way you thought that they would. Mm -hmm. They may be going way better. They may just be going different. Um, The other thing, and this is a total side note that we didn't get to touch on, but it's just important and something I see with my students that I wish I could talk more about, but um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things that happened in the two years that I was then unemployed before I found full-time after, um, was the, uh, the power of mental health and seeking, uh, uh, you know, um, basically like going to counseling, Mm -hmm. um, which I know may seem off topic, but you can't appreciate all the things in your life if you're struggling and it's okay to struggle. There are people there who's their, their joy comes from helping you. And so it is okay to ask for help. There is, it is not uh, a weakness in you. It is not um, a flaw. It is just part of the human experience. And it's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of. Um, And that kind of leads to my last point, which I, is the thing that I try to tell students every semester. So some people who are listening may have heard this before. I don't know, <laughs> but you, you are your greatest advocate. There's mm. no one who's going to fight for whatever it is you want in life. Like you will, whether that's a raise, whether that's just an inner, you know, getting an interview, whether mm-hmm. that's saying, you know, to yourself, I don't like this. This isn't, uh, you know, the situation that I'm really happy in. I want to do something different. Um, I want to move. I want to, you know, whatever it may be. You, you are your greatest advocate. You are the only person who can speak up for yourself the way that you deserve to be spoken up for, Mm -hmm. um, and ask for the things that you know you need to be successful in whatever it may be that you, uh, whatever endeavor that you are, uh, are exploring and, and, and are working within. So that's the biggest thing that I would then leave people with is you are your greatest advocate. Don't forget, ever forget it. And you're awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jill. It's been such a pleasure in, in having you and, and seeing you. Thank you for your honesty, for, for being so real with us. I think that's something we need to hear more of. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our pride to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via a podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to become a TSU mentor, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.